Welcome to the IME Community Podcast, where self-love is your superpower to achieve your weight and life goals and make your mark in the world. Your host is Dr. Carla, activist MD. If you're a teen who's looking to revolutionize your health and can't wait to follow your dreams, welcome to the IME Community. so excited you're here because this is the first podcast YouTube video focused on parents and so this is my first um, I'm gonna get my little coffee out here I wish there were two of me so I could hang out with myself is the coffee cup my daughter Catherine who's a college student gave this to me for Christmas which is really sweet of her um, this is our first coffee chat and I'm so excited that we're going to start this amazing journey together so I can help coach you so that you support your teen's health independence. And I hope that you've listened to the other podcasts and I hope you and your teens have listened and I hope you will have your friends, other parents and teens um, listen and join the member community as we get this launch. There's going to be a lot of really exciting things for um, parents. We're going to have a Facebook group and then parents of teens who are part of the member community are going to um, be able to participate in twice monthly coffee um, coaching chats with me on Saturday mornings. So I'm so excited about that because I absolutely love life coaching parents. I think it's amazing. And since I'm a parent of three um, young people. So my daughter, Catherine, like I said, she's 20. She's a sophomore in college. And I have Audrey, who's an 11th grader, and she's 17. And I have Andrew, who's 14, and he's an 8th grader. And I can't believe he's going to be going to high school um, next year. So we've had um, three teenagers in our house for the last few years, and it's been really fun. And they're amazing kids. And I am not a perfect mom by any stretch of the imagination, and that's not where I come from when I'm coaching parents. I come from a very realistic, pragmatic place, and I've had tons of coaching um, on my um, parenting of my teens, and it has helped me immensely. So. We know that when we have little babies, and I brought this little baby, this was my daughter's baby, we cleaned out this playroom area to create this space for IME community, and which I'm really excited about, but we got rid of a lot of the stuffed animals and a lot of the toys and games and puzzles that didn't have all the pieces and all that stuff, you guys know how it goes. And I was like, I can't get rid of my daughter's little baby because it's so cute and I love dolls. So I'm not a crazy lady, but what I'm telling you is, and the reason why I want to show you this baby is because when we have, you all remember this, and maybe you think the same way that I do about this, you probably do. Remember when you had um, babies and little toddlers and preschoolers and you would go out in public and people would just say these comments like, 
oh, enjoy it. Enjoy every minute. Soak it up because it's so much easier when they're little and you can, you can control their every move. Didn't seem like that at the time, did it? Versus when they're teenagers, they'd be like, I have teenagers, you know, some old grumpy person would be like, I have, I have teenagers and enjoy it because there's, it's so much harder when they're teens and just tell you these kind of horror stories, like reach out to you in public. And we're going through this, like, I've got this baby who's still waking up at night, who's, you know, requiring my every minute. And yeah, you're loving it and enjoying it. Um, but it is, it's like every single day minute is like it's like transactional right I mean you are you are tending to the needs they need you You, they literally need you to keep them safe every second they need you for their sustenance for their you know to to stay alive I mean so so it it moves and it changes and then for me personally as I became a parent of teens I just thought like my personality would lend itself and sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't that it would just be like easy like I didn't I have great kids and I just didn't really give it any thought to be honest and even though I'm a pediatrician and I know you know like all the stages and stuff of development I think there were things that um I could have maybe prepared myself more for and um, recognized, and this is where the coaching has really helped me as a parent of teens, is, you know, just recognize that you don't cause and you don't control much of what's going on for your teens. And what you can do, though, is decide how you're going to show up to support your teen, how you're going to show up as a loving parent, and then also where your attentional focus is going to be and um you can also obviously we are still in they're still children so they're in a period of differentiation and they still need our help and our boundaries and so when the boundaries are crossed then what is the consequence and you know it's just a daily um practice right I mean every day it changes and you can't control how they're going to react and you can't take it personally but anyway so I'm excited for this journey to start and um, to work with you all. And um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about today mainly was the shame and guilt that comes up when our teens are seen by the doctor and maybe they have their um, sports physical or, you know, seventh grade physical or just their annual physical and they the doctor measures the um, weight and the height and calculates the BMI percentile. And then the pediatrician or the family doctor or the PA, their nurse practitioner, talks to you and shows you and your teen the measurements and the values. What I know is that there's a lot of triggering around those conversations and how those conversations happen and whether permission is asked to talk about it or not is important, but also that is health data. That's just a measure. It's just one measure out of very many measures that are taken during that visit that are one of the measures of health. But unfortunately in our society, because we are so, um, and if any of you have looked and read my article, Let's Meet in the Middle, I'll show you, you know, we haven't gotten it right, especially for teens. So much of what we've been working on and I've been working on for years hasn't worked, hasn't been helpful. We need to throw it out. 
And so when we hear these conversations um, and have these conversations within the doctor's office, then a lot of parents I know, and I've coached some of them, become very triggered and, and worried. And what happens is a lot of shame and guilt comes up. And because in our society, we blame the individual for everything. So even though there's, if you look at all the causes for the childhood obesity epidemic, or the epidemic of poor nutrition and physical inactivity, as some people refer to it, which is great. Um, when you look at all the causes, I mean, there's so many multiple causes. And yet we still go to blaming the individual. And then when the individual is a child or a teen, then automatically it comes back to, okay, the parent. And so a lot of parents will either get upset with a doctor for giving them that information or um, and get defensive or they will some parents you may be one will feel that kind of um, kind of twinge or you know of shame or guilt and that's a feeling that's coming up because of the thought that you have. Our thoughts create our feelings. Our feelings drive our actions or inactions, and our actions are what create our results. So your current thinking creates your current reality or your current results. And so it's not really the, the, the BMI measurement of your teen or the weight or that the words that the doctor said can trigger the thought I'm to blame for this or whatever is is coming up for you that's that's triggering a thought that that creates a feeling of shame or maybe guilt and you may it may literally come up as a, a feeling in your body because that's what a feeling is is just like a vibration in our body so shame for me when I feel shame I feel like a twinge of queasiness. And I talked about this in one of my podcasts when I talked about my weight loss journey and that there's no before and no after, that I hope that you will look at that and, and watch that um, pod video and listen to the podcast because if someone like me who's a pediatrician and who never had a weight issue and committed almost two decades in my career to this issue and so many resources and still got to the obese category, that was me. Um, and luckily, you know, for me, I would never do anything for myself. I love myself too much to do like a diet or restriction or any rigidity. And I knew, I knew that that wouldn't work either, like, especially long-term, but I like, even in the short term for me, like I just wasn't interested in that for myself. And so my point of sharing my journey was to be a shame buster for everyone. I can't, I mean, we're all human, so we're going to feel shame. But I hope that if you haven't listened to it, you will go back and listen and, and, and really feel like, okay, like some of that blame and sh some of that shame will come out because shame doesn't live in the light, right? So if I can talk about it and I can be open and share my journey, then then that I hope that will help you. So so oftentimes, so you're in the doctor's office, you're getting this information, you're getting triggered, you're having these feelings come up. 
typically when you have shame or guilt, you're going to, rightfully so, and with all compassion, you're probably going to defend yourself. Or you're probably going to say, you know, that, well, that's not a problem. Or you're going to beat yourself up. Um, or you're going to get into blame. And you may even blame the child. And I've had parents do that a lot, actually. And, you know, look at their child, shocked. You know, their young child even, oh, I can't believe you, you know, gained that weight or whatever and push it off on them. And, and that does happen. I mean, and it, that can just be, you know, with all compassion for yourself. That's just kind of a natural human emotion or human uh, reaction to a human emotion of either shame or guilt or when you're judging other people, you're judging yourself. And so the result is that because our actions, those actions are going to create our results and that all comes from our thoughts that we are not even aware of. But the, the problem is, is that your result is that you're either going to stay stuck and nothing's going to happen, or you're going to get into, sometimes we get very anxious and fearful, and we think, especially with shame, that there's something broken, something needs fixed, and maybe you're really triggered to worry about your child and you think that you need to be more rigid and restrictive and, and harsher. And when you're harsh on yourself, then you're probably going to push it off and be harsh on your child. And so, so those are some of the things that aren't helpful that come up when we haven't had, you know, any coaching or we don't have even the awareness that it's really just a thought that's creating that feeling and our actions and our results to, to create more you know, potential harm. So, so that's your work is really to sit down and think about when you think about your teen's weight, if they have a weight issue or you have other concerns about their weight or their health, or maybe some of the, um, what are called comorbidities, which are the diseases that are associated with weight gain. And those are, you know, complex, obviously there's genetic things like that. You, you need to think about and have some awareness and curiosity just as a curious observer with all compassion for yourself because we're all humans in this human journey. And just think about what are those thoughts that are coming up for me? Are you thinking, I caused this? Be are you thinking, um, maybe you're thinking the opposite. Maybe you're thinking, well, this is just genetic. This is how we all are in our family and there's nothing to do about it. Um, maybe you think, well, if the I've had parents say my child isn't motivated, they need I'm in community, but they're not motivated. So um, that's a very fixed and limiting thought about which is almost like a belief about your child because is, is that really true? So you think about what could be those kinds of thoughts or beliefs are just really strong thoughts, kind of on a loop that you've given power to over time and that may be just reinforced in our society, and you can start challenging those because thoughts are just like vapor, really. They are, they seem so true and they seem powerful, but our mind is just gonna keep offering up those thoughts that we've chosen to be true over time. It's like a sentence in your mind 
I call it a cloud passing by. You can just be like a lot of meditation, mindfulness practices really help us to just say noting when, so we can just be in a, more of an observer in our mind and we can feel our feelings because shame is always going to keep coming up, right? Or guilt is going to come up because we're parents and we're going to do things that, you know, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to have flops. We're not going to be perfect because we're all humans on our human journey and we need to learn to be compassionate with ourselves. So, so that's like when you um, show up for the physical, um, one of the things you can do is prepare yourself and your teen beforehand. So you can decide how you want to show up for that visit. So for me, I know, like just personally, I didn't want to go into the doctor when I was um, struggling with my weight. Like I just, I didn't want to know. And I would always close my eyes when I got on the scale because I just I just wanted to live in this denialville, and I wasn't in denial. I just I just simply thought that that was information that was too powerful for me, and I just couldn't really cope with it. And I just hadn't prepared my mind, and I had never done you know coaching at that time, so it really you know I just didn't really have any of the skills to help me. But you can decide beforehand how you want to show up and you can say, you know, I want to show up as calm or I want to show up as curious. I want to show up as a loving, supportive parent and have the conversation ahead of time with my teen and say, well, you know, a part of the, the physical exam is that they do the weight and the height measurement and they will talk to us about and show us the growth chart and where you are on it and and talk about maybe the body mass index and it's just one measure and there's a lot of other things they're checking the blood pressure and maybe some lab work and doing the whole exam and asking tons of questions that are just important about all of your health and their doctor is concerned is interested in learning all of the amazing things about your health and so you know, I just want you to know that we're going to be just to be expecting that and that that's, that's a measurement. And your doctor, if there is an issue, of course, I want you to go, especially, you know, anytime you have a concern, you need to visit your doctor or you need to visit a psychologist it, especially if you're having concerns about their health or some of those comorbidities or um, if you're being referred to a specialist or a program, definitely go to the, all that and access all of that is available in your community. And especially if you are um, concerned about your teen having some sort of disordered eating. But if we completely ignore weight issues and don't address it as a health issue, that is going to be more concerning. And those thoughts are going to come up in our, our child's mind about their negative self um, body image are just going to keep coming up um, whether we're talking about it or not. So, so when you are a calm parent who decides how you want to show up ahead of time and look at it as just one of the many measures of health, that your doctor is looking at and you're going to access the resources that are helpful that your child is that your teen is willing and interested in doing because we can't force them but you're going to keep showing up as a loving supportive parent then 
if if shame comes up or guilt as you're having that, you can as you're having that conversation with the doctor and looking at the growth charts, then it it won't have power. The shame may come up. For me, it comes up as a queasy feeling in the stomach. It may come up as a tensing up for you. Um, you'll you can figure that out, but to recognize it and and just recon and and then you can still remain calm and have the conversation and show up as a loving, supportive parent for your teen rather than heading down the road of being reactive, defensive, or some parents just get really angry, but it is just neutral health information. So so that's just some, some thinking about like how you can get ahead of it and really look at it as a health issue. When you are alarmed about your child, your teen's health, and you think, oh, they have prediabetes and high blood pressure and fatty liver disease or whatever you know they have, um, and you are or may have, and you have an alarm, you feel alarmed and concerned. That's a natural human response to that information. There's nothing going wrong there. Studies show that creating a lot of alarm, and this is what I coach doctors on, is that creating a lot of alarm typically doesn't help. It just creates short-lived panic and it may it may cause problems when they go home because the parent doesn't like that feeling, of course, and doesn't like feeling that kind of guilt or shame or blame and they're judging themselves. So then they're going to put it on the kid and it can sometimes cause more more harm within the home if those conversations aren't had in an appropriate way or if the parent is not um, approaching it as more just a curious observer of like health information and you're open to talking about it. One of the things that we also know is that um, your beliefs or thoughts about your child are going to drive your actions or inactions to getting them the help that they need. So, like I said before, if you're saying, my child, is, my daughter isn't motivated, she's just not, then your feeling is going to be unmotivated. I mean, that's not, if thoughts create our feelings, our feelings drive our actions or inactions, there's a lot going on there. That's a loaded statement that a mom said to me at one point. And she's an amazing mom, but she's just used to that because it's easier to say my daughter isn't motivated rather than take the blame as a parent. You know, she may be shifting some of that. I don't know. Or she maybe um, has offered a hundred things to try to help her and she feels like at her wit's end about it and is worried about her daughter rightly so and wants her to be healthy and all good things for her and she may say you know she's unmotivated because her daughter's like tired of it and she's not interested in it and maybe she's just not uh, motivated to or at that stage of change that the mom is on this topic and she's just doing other things and she's her goals are elsewhere and so she and there's nothing going wrong there's never anything going wrong when your teen isn't interested in making any changes, even if you feel like they need to. Um, because the reality is we don't cause it and we don't control it. And so 
it's important to not have these blanket statements that are like really defining our teens. And I really struggle with this with my teens and have had to think about this in a different way that's more helpful and productive and serves our relationship better than saying, oh, like they are, these kind of all or nothing statements, like they're not motivated or they're lazy or, you know, and during COVID we're experiencing a lot of this with our teens, I think, because it's true. I mean, it isn't that exciting of a time and it's been really tough um, to stay motivated. But one thing is, is to not, to recognize that that's just a thought that's coming up and that that's not going to motivate you to be a helpful, loving, supportive parent. So one of the studies that I think is super important is that um, showing the risk factors and protective factors for um, eating disordered eating and weight gain are are really the same. So if, if, if in our society we're super messed up, we all know that. We haven't gotten it right. We've gotten so much of it wrong. Some things have been super harmful. We're always looking for quick fixes. We think we need to buy the next thing, and we think we need to be restrictive and rigid, and and there's something broken or wrong with us, and we need to buy the next thing. And I want you to just throw 100% of all of that out. And if we look at all the causes of the childhood obesity epidemic, we can go through all of them. But I'm going to tell you the number one thing is our food system. And when you look at the changes in our food system and all the added, you know, refined sugars and the ultra-processed foods over time, that has been, if we are looking at a singular cause and then the food addiction model that has really gotten us to... um, Become. I'm not going to say we're addicted to food and sugar because I don't think that's helpful, especially as large populations. But I'm saying like that model of marketing and getting those really addictive like refined carbs and sugars into our food. Um, if you look at the number one cause, that's going to be it. And we all know our kids have been seen as a commodity. They've been marketed to. That's why I'm, with IME Community, I'm just absolutely 100% committed to never taking any ads or any sponsorships for any of this work. So I'm excited about that because I know our kids have been seen as just uh, a commodity to be marketed to, and then they bug the crap out of us to buy all the stuff that the companies are marketing to them, okay? Now... I don't want you to take that information and tell your teen and then say we're going to switch everything up, okay? Because like I said, they may not be interested in that. To make any changes in your how you're eating or your fitness and your exercise or your movement or your well-being or any, any health transformation change you want to make, it has to be internally motivated. So you have to feel this real sense of empowerment as an individual. You have to know what you're getting into. You have to fully understand it. And you have to be at a stage of change that that says that you're ready. So like even if you as a parent are like, oh, let's do this and I'm going to sign you up and you're going to do this, 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 we're going to make all these changes, your teen may be like, forget it. And how you approach it can cause more of a disparity in that too. So it's like a divergence here. 
So they may be in like, I don't see this as a problem. And you may be like, well, I'm super worried. But you're going to have to either start to inching towards and changing up your thinking and meeting in the middle, or you're going to have to try to um, realize that there is no problem here and you can decide you're going to keep showing up as a loving, supporting uh, parent who's going to keep supporting your teen's health independence and you are ready when they are. You'll be ready when they are to help them out. So some of the things that we can avoid are, um, you know, getting on diets. If you're a parent who's been on a lot of diets, who has been a restrictor, um, we all know that doesn't work. And um, so, so really being like kind of that harsh, authoritative um, restrictor will just drive more indulgence. I've had parents um, who I've coached where they said, well, she's doing a better job, but she's still, we still find wrappers of food. And I'm like, so what? I mean, she's hungry. Like you should let your kids eat um, when they're hungry and they shouldn't feel ashamed for being hungry. And the more that we are shaming them and being restrictive, then that's creating, um, that'll create more of that. And so that puts the child at risk for developing um, some disordered eating. So I'm just going to say like to be um, always err on the more compassionate, less restrictive, no foods are bad, easy approach, okay? So if you can promote a positive body image and work on family mealtimes. And then the other thing that we promote with IME community is having fun. So promoting a positive body image really focuses on your teens, um, their skills and their gifts. And I have a podcast all on um, gifts and it's called You Say It's Your Birthday, but we talk about like how you measure success and and not putting everything on the outcome line and, and not moving the goalpost on yourself. And I talk a ton about self-love is your superpower. So as much as you can model self-compassion for yourself, because when you mess up in life and you make a mistake and um, you're going to do that because we're all humans and we're going to flop and and fail at things all the time, that's, that's our common humanity, um, then they need to see that you're not not um, piling on yourself, that you're not, you know, mobilizing your negative self-critic and you're harm, harming yourself even more and causing more pain by being so harsh on yourself. So as much as you can model, when you talk about parents need to be the best role models, we're not talking about being the perfect role model for food. We're talking about being the perfect role model for self-compassion. And show them that self-love is their superpower. And have a softer approach and start recognizing and doing the work that when an emotion comes up, you're willing to feel it. And show them that so that they can feel their emotions and they don't have to buffer them or eat food to um, get through life. I want you to shift to a more productive thought. Like I show up as a loving, supportive parent for my child. I'm helping my child transform their health. And just by being open, having discussions, showing up, realizing what you do cause, what you 
don't cause what you do control, what you don't control, and showing up as that loving, supportive parent and staying the course with your child and your teen and having their back, that's huge. That's huge. That's really massive action. And what that does, too, over time is it repairs and helps create a very nurturing, compassionate relationship that you will have with your teen, and they know that you have their back, so that even if they are at, like, pre-contemplation and they're not ready, and you're like, I want to take action because this is amazing, and we want to do these things, and, and if we do these two things, wow, we can really transform your health and then eventually, because you've worked on that relationship and you have developed that trust with your child and your teen over time, when when they are ready, then they'll be like, yeah, sure. Because, because you've shown them that, you know, you're going to be there for them and they can trust you and you'll work on it together. And that's an amazing thing. And then again, like I said, challenge the beliefs that are coming up for you that aren't that aren't helpful, that aren't helpful. And also recognize there's no quick fixes. And the most important thing I think too is that we're not asking you to be a role model for perfect eating or fitness, but we're asking you to be a role model for self-compassion so that when you eat foods that maybe you think aren't the most healthy, no problem, you have your own back, it's okay. when you've had a hard day, when you've made a mistake, those are all gonna be hugely impactful as you are working to support your teen's health and dependence. And the more that you are compassionate with yourself, the more that your teen will learn to be compassionate with themselves. And that is the only thing any of us need to learn at all in life to do anything we want. Because when we have self-love as our superpower, there's literally nothing we can do. So you are all amazing parents. Please tell tell all your friends and get your teens on board here. Truly, you can transform your health. You can ha- reach any goal, chase all your dreams when you learn that self-love is your superpower. So thank you for listening and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the IME Community Podcast, where self-love is your superpower. The content of this podcast represents the opinions of Dr. Carla Lester and is not intended as, and shall not be understood as, a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The opinions shared reflect the host and guest and do not represent an organization or medical group. Always seek the advice of your physician or therapist if you have concerns about your health. And please, like and subscribe to the IME Community Podcast. Share IME with your friends and go to imecommunity.com to join the member community. Don't forget to follow IME on social.